Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I are here to talk about the books that we liked best this year. It's that time, Gail. It's that time. I actually think we're doing this a little later than a lot. And and I'm kind of glad because I feel like these best of lists start to come out in like late October. I'm like, there's still two more months of the year. I don't get it. Have you looked at any of them? I haven't looked at anything. I voted in the first level of the Goodreads Awards. Uh And by the time I even logged back naturally into Goodreads, all the winners had been picked. That's usually a three week, (laughs) three week process. So that tells you how much I have been reading. Right. I actually have been looking at a fair number of lists. I'm seeing a lot of the same books on a lot of lists, most of which I haven't read. What are some standouts? What are you saying? Oh, I haven't seen anything. Beasting. Beasting. Yeah. Northwoods, Heaven and called the Heaven and Earth Grocery Store. Let us. Oh, I'm starting to read that. That's so good. So oh, far. good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of those books. Yeah. I've read like none of them, <laughs> but it does seem like the same books are appearing on a lot of lists. I didn't even look at Goodreads. I just, I can't. It's it, to me that that is a useless award thing. Yeah. Yes. It's just a popularity contest. It doesn't seem to have much like sort of discernment behind it. And I just, I don't know. I didn't bother even to look at it this year. It's also hard because even if you don't look at it that way, it's basically which of these books that you've read. Because if there's like, mm-hmm. it seems like there was a lot of books in each category too. Like, seem like more than usual. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but it becomes like you are faced with 15 books. So, oh, I've read right. this one. Let me vote for this one. Right. It's also kind of weird to do a multiple choice one. I mean, like a true test of the best books of the year should be open-ended. People should be able to just say what they want just rather than- write in what only, you- Yeah. Right. I'm only choosing from these five. So, all right, before we get to our favorite books of the year, what you said you haven't been reading much. Have you, do you have anything to report? No. No. Okay. No. <laughs> oh gosh. I pulled out my pile of books that I'm reading because of the show, like to remind myself. It has just, I don't know, this, this year in particular just seems very busy work-wise. Yeah. And it's, falls are usually busy. Like everyone's like trying to close out what they're doing and close out projects and it's the holiday season. And, you know, there's multiple holidays from September to December, but this season in particular just seems supercharged. Yeah, I agree. This, like, this is the lowest I've read in years, the lowest sort of amount of books. I think part of it is I was unemployed for a lot of it, which sounds like, oh my God, you can get all this reading done. But instead you just have this like, constant, you know, nagging feeling like you need to be looking for a job. And so you don't want to like, you know, you don't really have, you have a lot of free time, but it doesn't feel like free time. Right. So I just, it, I'm, and now I'm working again and now I'm really busy. And so I'm like, I just, I, I don't have had the bookstore stuff going on. So bookstore stuff. Yeah. So it's just been, um, it's been a kind of a low year for me in terms of reading, but, but I have a few things I can, I can talk about. Okay. So what have you been up to reading wise? And, you know, some of the books I've read recently, I think, are books that you've read. Oh, so, okay. yeah. So I read Tangerine. This was one of my book off your bookshelf books. And I think you read this one. It's about these two women who are former college roommates. And one of them has moved to Tangiers in Morocco with her husband. It takes place in like the 50s or 60s. 
and the other one shows up unexpectedly at her doorstep. And so you kind of learn about the backstory of their friendship and then also the circumstances under which they're in Morocco. So you read that one, right? It's a long I time did. ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. I didn't really like it that much. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this, I thought the plot was really thin. Like I, I'm looking back now. I only finished it like two weeks ago. I, can't, I don't even remember really like <laughs> what, you know, I, I, I know there was a weird relationship between the two of them and sort of some obsession and stuff like that, but it just, I don't know. It didn't really hang together very well. And Having been in Morocco this summer, that was the part I liked the most, was just sort of revisiting sort of the aura of Morocco, right? But I didn't, as a book, I just didn't, I thought it was kind of mediocre. Do, do you remember whether you liked that one or not? I remember maybe not liking it as much as her first one. I don't, I think it was one of those books that kind of just like held me while I was reading it because she's a very atmospheric writer, I found. Mm-hmm. So I think I agree with you about the Morocco part, you know, just like I was very taken. Well, actually, oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of her second book, which was set in Venice. Mm. But yes, I I like that a bit more than you do, but to it was because more of the atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Because I couldn't so, tell you what the plot was. Yeah, it was... I didn't think it was great. Um, (laughs) And then I read a book, which I kind of was like, all right, I need something that's going to really grab me because I'm having so much trouble, you know, just focusing, settling down and focusing on a book. So I picked up this book called Hot Springs Drive by Lindsay Hunter. Someone had said it's like Gone Girl-esque. And I don't think I would call it Gone Girl-esque. And uh, unfortunately, the first half of it, I actually found pretty slow. But then the second half, it really picked up. So it's about these two women who live next door to each other in a suburb and they, they both women sort of decide at the same time that they're going to try to lose weight. And one of them is married and has one daughter and one of them is married and has four sons and they both lose weight. And one of them like truly transforms her body and becomes almost like a different person, you know, feels very like, you know, powerful and like sort of like a a totally different animal. And she ends up having an affair with the other woman's husband. So they're like best friends, but then she has an affair with him. So um, I don't want to give away too much more than that, but there's, you know, the the affair is discovered and then there's kind of a a event that happens that really impacts everybody's lives. So the, the first half kind of sets up all of that. And then the second half, goes into the perspective of all of the spouses and all of the kids. And you start to see like, you know, as the years go by, what impacted this whole, you know, this betrayal and then the events that came after that, what it had, the effect it had on the family. And so the first half, I just had a lot of trouble getting through it. And then the second half, it got a lot better. So it's, I think Lindsay Hunter is an amazing writer. She's just like, I don't know, her characterizations and the detail and sort of her handle on like how people interact and relationships is just really good and a little bit subversive and kind of dark. And I ended up liking it a lot in the end. So I'm, I, I gave it like a four and a half stars just because the first part was a little slow. So that was Hot Springs Drive by Lindsay Hunter. And I, I like that one a lot. And that's new. And then I'm reading a book now that I think you may have read also is partly why I picked it off the shelf because I thought it was one you'd read. And it's called Dealey Wed's Destiny. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm really liking that a lot. I was just, that made my list. (laughs) Oh, that made your list today? Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Okay. You know what? I'm not going to talk about it. I'll wait till you talk about it in your list, but that's- But what are you liking about it? I'm curious. It's very character driven, which I like. It's, I just like getting in the perspective of these different women and- That's what I like the most about it. Yeah. Just the- shifting perspectives and the kind of the this quiet it's a quiet novel and i like the way it's they all kind of are keeping things from each other and not sharing not like secrets but like just things about themselves that they're kind of not comfortable talking about and i don't know i really like it i mean i'm only maybe 30 percent in but is that sort of how it continues i think so one of the things i really liked about that book too is that it is so it's it's a different perspective it's not doesn't have like the Western gaze going on. It's very much about Mm -hmm. these Nigerian women and how they are navigating their own culture. So, you know, there, there's just, there's some things that you just kind of either you can look up or you can just continue on from the context of what it is. But I really like that part about it and just the kind of interior nature of it you know, because everyone, each of them is like navigating such as, you know, specific family circumstances that like you say, not necessarily secret, but not necessarily that it comes up or that they're willing to share. Mm -hmm. And it's been a while since they've seen each other too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hold that off on to saying any more about it until you, uh, and then I'm reading two other books right now, which will give you an idea of where my brain is. The first (laughs) one is called how to protect bookstores and why the future and the Present and Future of Bookselling by Danny Kane. And this is a book about independent bookstores and why why we need them and how, what you can do to protect them. And so he gets he talks to 12 different booksellers, 12 different bookstores about how they opened, how they stay afloat and all that. So I just started it, but I'm I'm riveted. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also reading a book by Zibby Owens called Bookends. And Zibby Owens is a, a bookseller podcaster, blogger. Now she has her own imprint and I'm just reading about sort of how she got into the book world. And so it's her own memoir about that. So I'm deeply immersed in book selling stuff right now. I've read uh, this book called Hedge by Jane Delory, I think is her name. And it's, it's from Zibby Owens. Yeah. How was that book? I, I was interested in it. I really liked it. It's kind of frustrating because of just the entire book is frustrating. It's like about this woman who is looking to, she's looking to leave her marriage. So I guess in a trial separation, she takes a job and she is an architect landscaper. So she takes this job over the summer and her daughters come out to visit her. And like, while she's there, you know, she's kind of rediscovering herself. She's lost herself through marriage and she meets a man that she likes and just things just go on from there. Okay. Really, it was a, it was a good book. Just frustrating circumstances in there. Nothing against the book. I mean, I think that's part of the the drama of the book because there's an incident involving her daughter that just changes the entire summer and the course of their lives for quite a bit of time. Hmm. Okay. I've been intrigued so, by that book for a while. Interesting. Okay. So that's so. Do you want to hop into the top ten? Let's do it. All right. Are yours in any particular order? Mine are not. They are not. Okay. That's all. 
So why don't we finish off with Delhi Wed's Destiny? Since okay. we've already since we've already talked about it a bit. I just to reiterate quickly what I was saying before is like I really love the story between these women and they are I guess the basic premise is they went to the university together and they have been estranged. Like the three of them have not been together in probably about 20 years because I think one of them has a daughter who's about 19 or 20. And the other one is one of the titular characters, Dele. Is, is she? I think it's Destiny is the daughter of the daughter who they are going to see get married. Mm-hmm. My complaint, one complaint I would say about this book is that it is kind of misleading. Like if you're thinking that you're getting into this and you're going to be reading a wedding book, because it's really not so much about the wedding. The wedding plays a very brief perspective in the book. It's basically leading up to the wedding, looking back at these women's lives, their time in university, kind of how it shaped them and how it has sent them off on these very different paths. So like I said, love the relationships between the women, love not that they're hiding secrets. I mean, some of them are in contact, like they have different relationships with each other when I think they were once more of a unit when they were all together. So it's just kind of like so real like that, you know, like life is. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Yeah. I like that. They're not like these, you know, sometimes you read these books about friendships that have been many years and it's like, they're like, the friends are almost unnaturally close. Like they're, you know, they're like always together or they drop anything at the top of a hat to be together and they're yeah, always up on each other's lives. <laughs> yeah. Like and this is like brunch that. every week and da, 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 da. No, it's kind no. of like real friendships. You know, sometimes you're going through things that brings you closer together or, yep. you know, and it's just about them having kept in touch, yeah. but not, but just in a more realistic way. Right. Yeah, it's a good book. And I'm doing it on audio, which I, I recommend a lot. So what's your first one? Okay, so my first one is The Light Pirate by Lily Brooks Dalton. And this book I read in the spring, and it is about uh, climate change coming to Florida. So it's about a mother and her daughter, well, a mother and her children living in Florida. And Florida is really basically turning into a wasteland because of flooding and it's become inhabitable. So most people have fled the state and all the infrastructure has collapsed. And you do have these kind of renegade people who've stayed behind. And it's really just about that life. It's definitely cli-fi, very depressing, very alarming. (laughs) Um, But I just thought it was beautifully written and sort of the depictions of like this, you know, this, civilization that's now mostly submerged and you know it's got this dystopian feel to it but it's also got a lot of beauty to it it's sad because there's there's danger around people have turned into vigilantes and there's no policing and there's no justice anymore it's really kind of this reversion to a an animalistic society but i just i just thought it was beautifully written and and so, you know, I, I think I wrote at the time, like, if people can't, well, I, maybe it's the different things are going to urge people to either act or at least be outraged about climate change. 
And for some people, it might be facts and figures. And for some people, it might be science. And for some people, it might be fiction, because that's how you sort of immerse yourself in another world and really truly, like it truly hits home. Get to understand the severity. (laughs) Right. Or the dish is the day to day. Like, you know, if there's no electricity, this is what happens. So I just thought like, this is an important book for that purpose, that it just makes it all feel very real. So, um, gosh, if there no electricity, we in cities are just, you know, just, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it's unfathomable. It's just, you know, the breakdown of communication and, you know, every comfort that we're used to and every way that we make money and the ways we, I mean, yeah. Okay. That's a whole separate topic. I mean, the Um, refrigerator goes off and basically game over after a while, you know, like I, I, I yeah, be stocked for. No, right. Long-term survival. Right. So this, I recommend this one highly. I really, really liked it. I don't think it got as much attention as it should have. When I know, it came when you out. said the title, I had no idea. I just like, I know she's talked about this book. Yeah. And then when you said what it was about, it was, it was like, oh, okay, yes, the Cli-Fi one. Right. But other than that, no, I haven't heard about it. Yeah. Okay. What do you got next? So next is something light for me, The Seven Year Slip by Ashley Poston. It was the romance, like sort of time travel romance. It's about this book publicist who inherits an apartment for her from her aunt who has tragically committed suicide. So she's in the middle of grieving and living in her aunt's apartment and adjusting to all of that. And the apartment her aunt had warned her slips seven years I don't know. They say it slips seven years in the past or the future, but it seems like it only slips seven years into the past. And so she goes to her apartment one day and she finds this guy standing there and she gets to know him, of course, in a very different way. And, but then in her present, there's like some circumstances brewing. So you kind of wonder what's going to happen. Like it's a, will they or won't they, which life will she choose, you know, her past Ooh. and her present and it, is there any way that she is able to bridge these two possibilities in a satisfying way? So I really liked good. it. Yeah, yeah it, it really- was like light, romantic, you know, fun, you know, indulging time travel. It's always fun to see what kinds of what the gimmick will be. Like this one is a time traveling apartment. And you yeah, can tell cool. her aunt's story too, like how that affected her love, her love life and her life, because her aunt gives her some very pretty stern advice about, you know, do not fall in love in this apartment. So that adds to the intrigue. Well, my next one is also a light comedy. I mean, um, so quite a swing. Um, <laughs> climate change. <laughs> climate change from Light Pirate. So I picked romantic comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld, which is one of my highlights of reading this year. This is a book about a woman who is a writer at an SNL type show. And the guest one week is the is musical guest one week comes on. And he's also acts in some of the skits and they get to know each other because she's writing for him and they kind of are bantering back and forth for a week as the show is getting put together. And there's lots of like tension there. But then after the cast party that night, they kind of leave on a bad note. And then that's that. And then the next thing you know, is the pandemic and they're both at home and the SNL is not on and everyone's, you know, retreated to their homes or wherever they've escaped to. 
And they start talking to each other on email and they develop this sort of email relationship. And then she decides to go visit him. So it's just the most realistic depiction of an adult relationship. It's just perfect. I I can't say enough good things about this book. I loved every page of it. I flew through it because I was dying to know what happened. It's Curtis Sittenfeld at her best. Um, She's one of my favorite authors. She can be a little inconsistent, but this is definitely her at a high. I was going to say, what are your favorite ones by her? um, Well, I love prep, prep, which I read, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. It's been a long time, but I remember really loving it. Uh, I would say prep American wife and this one would probably be my three top favorite. I did like the Hillary one, but Rodham was that was that was called. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I think I liked American wife better. And I, I just really love this one. It's fun. It's funny. It's smart. It's so realistic. It captures the pandemic perfectly. It just, <laughs> I just, yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. So Gosh, that um, reminds me that that pandemic the movie with Julia Roberts. I can't. Yeah. Leave the world behind. Yeah. Leave the world behind is on Netflix. I saw a preview for that last night and it was very different from the book. Yes. Because I think they've fleshed out what the trauma was like in the book. It's unknown. You don't know whether the world has ended or what is going on. But I think for, you know, for of course a visual audience, I think they've decided to make it more concrete. I mean, I saw guns and explosions, and I was like, this is not what I Wait, remember what from is that going- book. Is Ethan Hawke in there? Did I see yeah. him in the – okay. Yeah, he's so- Julia Roberts' husband. I feel like you're going to watch it then. I do like Ethan Hawke. <laughs> but, yeah, I was uh, I was like, what is this? But, yeah. Okay, what's your next book? All right, next up on my list is Mame by Jessica George. And it is about this young woman who is living in London with her family, her mother – kind of has a business or something in Ghana. So she's always spending time in Ghana, but she still manages to like be all up in Maddie's life while she's away. And she is basically, her family calls her mame, which means like like mother or little woman in Twi. And her mother is finally on her way back from Ghana and will be here for, or be in London for an amount of time. So this is Maddie's chance to kind of get out into the world and to discover, you know, what it's like to live on her own and navigate relationships. Cause she's in her early twenties, even though she had been like caretaking for her father who has Parkinson's and she is reluctant to leave him, but she's, you know, her mother kind of forces the issue and she has an opportunity to explore. So it's a coming of age story. You know, she moves in, she has like roommate situations, she has romance situations. And of course, she's still trying to like navigate who she is to her family and what she wants her role to be in family and what she wants her life to look like. So it was, it was so good. It was like such a good coming of age story that just felt real and it felt like, it just felt like the, these are things you go through in your 20s and and just a very interior experience of that that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I like that one too. I thought it was good. It was sad. It's, it's a, that's a hard book. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. You, <laughs> she does go through quite a few, there's quite a few things that she's trying to navigate yeah, you know, living outside of her house, but also dealing with her family. 
Right. My next book is Talking at Night by Claire Daverly. This is a book about a boy and a girl who meet in high school and they're very different. She's like kind of bookish and terribly social. She has a twin brother who's friends with this other guy named Will. I think his name was Will. And they kind of develop this sort of unlikely, very close friendship bordering on a romance, but they're not quite sure if, you know, what they want to be. And then there's a tragedy that happens that affects them both very deeply and affects them for the rest of their lives. And it's really about the next, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years and how these two people are in and out of each other's lives and the intensity of their relationship and how it kind of plays out over time. It's definitely emotionally wrought and it's not, you know, it it can be a little frustrating because you're kind of like, okay, guys, like figure out what you are and like act on it. Like, but it's, you know, about timing and that, you know, when one person thinks one thing, someone else may be thinking something else. And it's, you know, how, how can they get into the same mindset? And it's just, I don't know. I thought it was very good. I also liked the uh, main character. Will. I think he's like one of my favorite characters in recent memory. I think mm. his name is, you would, that's, you would assume if I like him, so much, <laughs> remember his name. Um, but yeah, I, I just really enjoyed him as a character and I would like want to meet him in real life. Oh, so I just, I liked this one quite a bit. It, it was not, yes, his name is Will and she, her name is Rosie. Um, I, it, like it was one of those that was really hard to put down. So that's a good book rut buster buster. What was the name of that again? Talking at Night by Claire at night. Daverly. Yeah. It always makes me think of that other book, the one about the Mennonites, farm women who are being assaulted. Women talking? Yes. Women talking, talking at yeah. night. Yeah. No, I think they're very different. But yes. Their titles are similar. All right. Next up on my list is Easy Beauty by Chloe Cooper Jones. This was a memoir about a woman who started out as a philosophy PhD and teacher. And she goes on a journey one year where she's like basically doing all of the things that she has wanted to do, but has said that she could not do in her life because she has a condition that seems like it's shortened her limbs and makes it very uncomfortable for her to stand and move around. So she's always been faced with these things that people have told her that she should not do in terms of like going to concerts or having a baby or just anything that might push her physical limitations at all. So she spends a year chronicling that and deciding to explore that. And we get a chance to look at all of the activities that she says yes to. And like by the end of the novel, she, or memoir, she's participating in writing profiles. Like she gets into writing about tennis. So it's just really interesting to hear her story because she examines it through this philosophical lens, you know, like, so she's referencing the different philosophy that she's read and the different positions that people have and kind of applying them to life and how they bear out and like how these themes of beauty and what, what beautiful means have shown up in her life when she's like always been questioned. So even though she is older and is married with a child, when she goes on this journey and makes these discovery discoveries, it still has like that almost coming of age vibe to it, but it was, it was so well-written. Highly recommend. Nice. Who's the author again? Chloe Cooper Jones. She's written for a bunch of different, like she's written some profiles on. I think she got started writing about Roger 
Federer? Is that, was that his name? Yeah. The tennis player. Okay, so my next book is The Road to Dalton by Shannon Bowring. And this is a book that takes place in a small town in Maine. And it's basically a collection of kind of connected chapters and stories about people who live in this small town and how their lives intersect. It's a quiet book, you know, lots of sort of sadness and loneliness in there, but also with some glimpses of hope for the people that live in this town. And this is just exactly the type of book I like. Character-driven, it's just stories about how people relate to each other and how they, you know, how people accept other people even with their faults and learn to, you know, learn to live with them and learn to build lives together. I just, I really enjoyed her writing and I think she's coming out with a sequel. I read that on her Instagram. Mm. So I'm very excited for that. So that is The Road to Dalton by Shannon. I don't know if it's Bowring or Bowring, but. The next book on my list is Yellow Face by R.F. Klang. And it is about a f- the, <laughs> the quote unquote friendship between two writers, hmm. June Hayward and Athena Liu. And one day they are hanging out. Athena is like celebrating. I think one of her books has been optioned or is going to be made into a movie for Netflix when she chokes in her apartment as as they're celebrating. So June, of course, (laughs) steals her novel and publishes it as her own, you know, with lots of justification and lots of heavy editing, I guess, to make it more palatable to her to wide acclaim. So it's a novel basically about like who has the right to write which stories. It's a takedown of the publishing industry. It's a bunch of things. But couldn't read it fast enough really makes you think and has a character that is written so well. Like, I don't know if I've come across a character in the last couple of years that I remember as being so just love to hate kind of character. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You think she can't get any worse and she does. So, but I was just thinking of that book in connection to, you know, we read the plot by Jean Hamp Horowitz and I had also read this book by, David Bell called Kill All Your Darlings. So it seems like publishing is having a moment when people are talking about people stealing each other's books and passing them off as their own. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. I think between the two, I liked the plot better than Yellowface, but Yellowface was fascinating. I mean, it just, I felt my heart rate going up all the time as June was kind of, getting Ratcheting more and more into trouble, right, right. And you know, <laughs> she could have saved herself. It's yeah. Everyone calls that a satire. And I'm like, I, I get that. It's, I get that it's a satire, but it's, I don't know. It sort of felt like almost like a thriller to me. I, it was very good. Yeah. That was interesting to like read comments about that book because, you know, some people are just like, whatever, she just wrote a story about herself, you know, <laughs> like, but I think the thing about that book, which, which made it particularly interesting and uncomfortable because you're just in G- June's head, like all the mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. you know, you're just, it's constant seeing everything through her eyes. There's all these scenes of her, like, I couldn't open my phone. Like she'd have so many pinging notifications of people like tweeting at her or posting or emails coming in. And like, it just so I don't know. stressful. It was so stressful. <laughs> 
Uh, okay. My next book, I think is maybe the first book I read this year. So it definitely had some staying power. And that one is, yeah, it was the first book of the year. We All Want Impossible Things by Catherine Newman. And it's a book about two friends, seems to be a theme for me today, two <laughs> friends, one of whom is dying of cancer and the other is who has come to sort of live with her in hospice because the one who's dying's husband is sort of back at home with their kid. They have a very young child. And so it's just about the final weeks of her life and how these two friends kind of reminisce, but also just how the friend who's not dying is trying to kind of help her friend exit her life with some peace and comfort and, you know, doing what she wishes. Definitely a sad book and certainly triggers for people who have witnessed a loved one go through, you know, a death like this. But I just thought it was so sensitively done. And there, what I really like too is this friendship is, it is, there's, there, there aren't secrets and resentments and so many things that often happens in fiction with female friendships. It's just a really good, honest, solid friendship of two people who love each other very much. And I just thought it was very well handled in this book. So we all want impossible things by Catherine Newman. Okay. So next up on my list is bright young women by Jessica Knoll. And she, this is a book. Well, it's sort of about Ted Bundy, but not really. It's about these two women who live on opposite sides of the country. One's name is Tina and she is trying to find out what happened to her friend, I think it was like probably in the summer of 1977. And then we have Pamela whose roommates, whose sorority roommates have been either maimed or killed when an intruder breaks into their home, into their sorority house in January of 1978. So it's like after story. It's based on a true story. It's based on Ted Bundy's, like the last spree that he went on, I think at the university of Florida. Okay. He is not mentioned by name in this book, but the author did call the story Bright Young Women based on like what the sentencing judge told Ted Bundy as he was sentencing him, that he focused basically on the loss of, I don't know, the loss of Ted Bundy's intelligence or potential from the world. And he calls him a bright young man. So this book is titled Bright Young Women in honor of, you know, basically the young college students, intelligent women he killed who had futures. And so it's told from the point of view of these two women who are basically trying to put their lives back together in in you know horrifying circumstances. Pamela is the president of her sorority, so she's kind of tasked with keeping herself together and keeping the girls together and trying to trying to just continue in in the aftermath of something that is so terrible. But as the book goes on, it is about how she evolves and changes and comes to see herself and, you know, get angry about her situation and like how it evolves her personality. And years into the future, we get to see both women again, as they get this fateful call that, you know, brings them together and draws them to the conclusion of their story. So this was very well written in terms of I don't know. It's it was a lot too about the 70s and how the 70s viewed women and how, you know, you had to everyone was trying to hold themselves to like a standard of perfection of like being quiet and polite and nice, which of course is what uh Ted Bundy preyed on 
So he's not named in the book. He's only called the defendant throughout the entire novel. But, you know, just in terms of it being an interior story of both of these women changing. And then there's a third woman who's mentioned who had been in a relationship with Tina. Like she's, she's the friend who she's looking to, uh, to kind of get justice for, but we get to see her story and her, her life had been developing before she met her end. Wow. Okay. My next book is my only nonfiction. I'm just looking at that, right? Yes. And it is called You Could Make This Place Beautiful by Maggie Smith. And this is a memoir about the author's, the demise of her marriage. And it's a very raw and I found completely addictive collection of observations, short chapters, long chapters, just almost like stream of consciousness about her anger at her husband and just the the way in which things went as they broke up. She's a poet. And so her writing has a very poetic feel to it. And I think she's a beautiful writer. And I just, I don't know, I had just such a hard time putting this book down. So, you know, she kind of reexamines the whole marriage and the counseling they went to through and ultimately how they decided to separate and get divorced and just how her life, you know, went to rock bottom and then how she started to slowly heal from it. So I just really like this one. We're all about the interior lives of women (laughs) for this one. So my next one is basically a nonfiction. It's a nonfiction memoir or biography, I guess, it's not a memoir because it's a sister who is writing about her sister who was killed by her boyfriend. Liliana's Invincible Summer, and it's by her sister, Christina Rivera Garza. So basically, years later, I think almost 30 years later, Christina Rivera Garza decides that she wants to find out like what happened to her sister. And she goes to investigate. You know, they the family has always just like basically basically known the outline that her sister was killed in Mexico by a man that she used to date, but she wants to see the police report and kind of curate and bring together like the final days and have the final record. And it's the first time that she has been able to face doing such a thing. But when she gets there, the records are completely missing. It's just like, so it's like, this didn't happen. I think the guy who did it was never charged or he died before being charged. So this is her create recreation of her sister's life. Like she wants her sister's life to be on the record. I think she was 20 when she died, but she was in school for architecture. She was a prolific journalist and she wrote so many letters to her friends. So basically this is a collection of letters that her sister wrote and that her friends wrote back to her and just like puts together the last summer when she was in school just before she before she passed away or was murdered. So it, it was just kind of like a beautiful rendering. Christina Rivera Garza herself is a writer and she is a poet. So the way she has put all of this together, it's kind of interesting because a lot of it is from is from her sister herself, but she does take a lot of time to interview the family and she interviews, you know, her friends. 
so that she can like develop a picture that that paints a full picture of, of her life. Okay, so my next one is I Could Live Here Forever by Hannah Halperin. And this is a fiction novel about a couple. And she's a, a graduate student living in Wisconsin and Madison, and she meets somebody, meets a guy in the grocery store, I think it was. And they start to have a relationship. And um, it's about kind of the tortured aspect of this relationship that they're in. He's dealing with some stuff that causes him to be inconsistent and often absent and, you know, in many ways, not an ideal boyfriend, but she falls in love with him. And it's about kind of how she sticks with him and tries to make things work, even though there's a lot of pain involved in the relationship. So it's another young tortured relationship book. And I just thought she handled this one really well. I, I, you know, wanted to see how this relationship would play out if they would stay together and whether he would sort of heal himself such that he could be the boyfriend that she needed him to be, or whether she would, you know, keep lowering her expectations to the point that she could be in the relationship without being eternally disappointed. So it was, it was very well written. I think this is her second book. Her first one was it something wild? Is that what it was called? I read that one right after that. And I like this one a little better. So I would recommend starting with I Could Live Here Forever. Definitely easy choice for my top eight. Okay. So my final book is Night Crawling by Leela Motley. And I think this came out in 2022 to much acclaim. And I have to add my voice to that. It was... um dark, disturbing, but just so well-written and such a good book. It's about this young woman, Kiara, who is living with her brother, Marcus. Her mom is away. She's like been institutionalized. You're not quite sure, you know, like whether she's in jail or, or what is going on with her, but she's not a part of the family and she's not able to contribute to the household. Her brother wants to be a rapper. He's an aspiring rapper, and he is dedicating all his time and resources to that. So when Kiara finds an eviction notice on their door, she's kind of at her wit's end of what to do. Plus the fact that she is also taking care of a nine-year-old neighbor who lives a couple of doors down from her and whose mother is often absent. So in just kind of like a chance encounter, she discovers a world that can provide for her financially, which is night crawling. Like she's at a bar and she, you know, goes off with this guy and they have sex and he ends up giving her money for it, which, you know, was not her intention, but kind of like is a light bulb moment for her and how she can, you know, pay the rent and just like keep all of them with a roof over their heads. So it's about her very harrowing experience into this life and how she can protect herself. And eventually she becomes involved with police officers that, you know, like is the downfall of all of them. So very well written, just like there's just no, I guess there's no self-pity in this, in terms of this character. She's just like, there's just circumstances and she has to deal with, with them. So I just really like to get a clear, that clear perspective of just how she is navigating her world. When you say she gets involved with police officers, I mean like as clients. 
Well, yes. In the course of like, in the course of trying to conduct business, she gets on the wrong side of some officers or is basically at their mercy. This was, you know, this, this book was based on a case, a very famous case in Los Angeles, where I think a lot of the police, the police officers were busted for sleeping with an underage, you know, for trafficking, I guess is what you, you call it. She was 17. And they took advantage. So that was like a big thing in the news that, and I think the author of this book, you know, just kind of like internalized it as a high school student, all the news coverage. Right. And then wrote the, and wrote this book. Got it. Okay. I've got this sitting on my shelf. I need to read it. Okay. So my last book is my only male author on the whole list. (laughs) And it is all that I had one. At least I had one. (laughs) All That Is Mine I Carry With Me by William Landay. This is a mystery, thriller, psychological thriller mystery yeah. about the disappearance of a mother in a family of five. And the husband is a defense attorney and they have three kids and he's the becomes the suspect early on, but they never have enough evidence to prove that he did anything wrong. So... Decades go by, and I believe her body is found. I think, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything. I think that's on the like dust jacket. Um, decades go by, and then there, this, the case basically gets, ends up getting reopened. And there are a couple of kind of new people who are interested in this in this cold case, and you get to revisit the detectives, and then all the kids and the husband as they just try to figure out what actually happened. Um, I was just kind of on the edge of my seat with this book. I it, I flew through it and I really loved it. So it this was an easy pick for me too. I highly recommend this one too if you're in a book rut. Yes. Very hard to put down. Mm-hmm. Did he, did he, did he, didn't he, you know? Right. Each perspective yep. gives you more opportunity to swing back and forth. Right. Did you feel like you ever knew what you thought? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I know some people think that there was a pr- that it was an ambiguous ending. I didn't find it to be an ambiguous ending. Oh no, the ending I didn't find to be ambiguous. But oh, oh, throughout. Before. No, I didn't know. Okay. There was a moment where I gasped out loud. <laughs> I was like sitting there, and I just went, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I love that. And <laughs> I'm reading. That's the best feeling ever. When you're just like you read a sentence, and you're like, "What just happened?" <laughs> That's the best part. So that's my list and that's your list. That's our list. That's 16 books to, if you have not read them, to dive into over the holiday season. Yeah. If any of them caught your interest, but these were the the best that we came across this year. Yeah. Really good. All right. Well, that's, I guess, a little bit, we still need to do our kind of year wrap up, which we'll do at the yeah. end of the month. Yeah, uh, year or, wrap up and maybe some superlatives. Those are always fun. Yeah. Like what was the worst book you read? <laughs> oh, I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> we get to yeah. be a little bad. Yeah. So we'll be back with our, our yearly wrap up and superlative either at the end of December or possibly at the very beginning of January. So we wish our readers a very happy holiday season. And I hope that you get lots of good time to read quiet cozy time to, you know, maybe pick up some stuff that you didn't get to during the year. And I'm hoping to do that. Yes. I feel like I'm reading two books that would definitely have been on my best 
of lists. Oh, really? I finish it. Actually, three. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I can't wait to hear what they are. <laughs> I think Dealey loves Dealey Wed's Destiny could potentially have ended up on mine too. Right. Well, Time we might to have to revise a little bit because we okay. have. <laughs> well, at the next one. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, until next time, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks.